Welcome to Dense in the Darkness, the official podcast of the Northeast Collaborative. We're a new church network making dense in the darkness of Northeast America through healthy collaboration. I'm your host, Tim Madeira, and we're kicking off this brand new podcast, answering the why behind the what of NEC. Thanks for joining us. I've got the head of the Northeast Collaborative, Dan Nichols, in the studios with me. Welcome, Dan. Thanks, Tim. I am really excited about uh, today's podcast, kind of introducing our listeners to the Northeast Collaborative, the what's, the why's, the how's, and the wherefores, and all the stuff that goes along with it. I think the biggest question, though, really is... Why another podcast? There are hundreds out there. <laughs> Wait, Dan. there's a lot of podcasts. I, I no know. Way. I know you're not a you know a techie guy, in spite of the fact <laughs> that you're a millennial. How did that even happen? I don't know, man. I mean, I do have an Instagram account. So you just got it yesterday? That, no, not oh, yesterday. Okay. I've had it a little bit, but yeah, it's funny. I've got a lot of friends that make fun of me. They're like, "Wait, you don't know about?" You know, fill in the blank. Exactly. Like, I'll discover new stuff. Like, I had no idea what Venmo was. Oh. I had no clue. Okay. And someone was like, yo, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just Venmo, Venmo you. it to and you. I'm and like, like, okay. <laughs> how do we do that? How, is, how am I going to get my money, though? Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's amazing what's out there, what's available, but it's a whole new language for many people. Mm. Uh, and in some ways, though, it's just a reshaping of what has already been out there. And for the Northeast Collaborative, that's kind of what we're trying to do here as well, isn't it? Yeah, and we're so honored to have you guys as partners with us as we try to make those dents in the darkness and to move the gospel forward into families and neighborhoods and workplaces all around Northeast America. And it's pretty amazing, like, as we see where our nation is heading, Mm -hmm. moving from post-Christian to anti-Christian, right? I think we feel it most right here in our own backyards in Northeast America. It is, uh, as we look at this area, it's been an area that uh, people, and when you're talking about the Northeast, first of all, let's say, you know, what are you talking about here? We're talking about nine states. So from Pennsylvania and New Jersey Mm -hmm. on up to Maine. Yeah. So those nine states from Pennsylvania, New Jersey up to Maine, just trying to focus on this corner of the nation because, well, here's some stats. Uh, Only 4% of New Englanders go to an evangelical church. This is amazing to me because New England is where the church started. I mean, you got guys like John Wesley and others that were, you know. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. And a lot of the colleges and universities were actually started. The Ivy League schools were starting to train pastors to serve the church. But things are changing Mm -hmm. rapidly. Uh, The top five states that have the lowest belief in God, they're right here in our own backyard. Five out of the top six states for worst church attendance. Eight out of the top 10 post-Christian U.S. cities. 20 out of the top 30 least Bible-minded U.S. cities. Mm. They're all right here in Northeast America. No wonder we look at churches and we see doors closing all over the place in the Northeast. It's happening a lot, yeah. Uh, Is there anything we can do about it? Well, that's exactly why (laughs) we are launching the Northeast Collaborative. Mm. That is a great lead-in, Tim. And you must have been doing this for a long time, brother. (laughs) I love what I do, Dan. And uh, WRGN has been doing a lot in the past 35 years. We're coming up on our 35th anniversary. Oh, that is uh, awesome. To try to make dents in the darkness here. Uh, it does feel like at times it will be a never ending process. Well, and sometimes, I mean, we feel the same way too, like as we plant churches or help existing churches get healthier, established churches get healthier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does feel like a never-ending thing. But the great news is the tomb's empty, number Mm. one, (laughs) and we know how the story ends. We know that Jesus is going to clean house and he is going to right all wrongs. But until that time, 
we're called to be faithful. And what does that faithfulness look like? I think it means getting our eyes off ourselves and onto the opportunities. See, as America moves from post-Christian to anti-Christian, a lot of us want to shrink back and go, that's just an obstacle. Right. God's saying, no, you have an opportunity to be the hands and feet of my son yeah. in the lives of people and to make the church as healthy as it can be. And the church uh, needs resources. You know, you were talking about as a as a millennial, not necessarily always being connected to to the newest thing or what's what's coming up. Uh, but the church needs to be aware as these things change uh, that there are resources that are out there that can help them to be a stronger church, number one, a better church, or to help plant new churches. And we want to introduce you to them. I, I just introduced you to something today <laughs> yeah. uh, as far as a scheduling tool is concerned, and it's something you didn't know about. Right. There are things that we're going to be able to introduce to you over the next uh, couple of months or years in podcasts that you may not know about as far as resources that can have a pretty big impact. And that's why we want to do this podcast to make connections for those resources because yeah, like today, this conversation, this relationship, like it was so great that you introduced me to Doodle. Mm -hmm. Now, some of you are laughing right now and you're like, how on earth did he not know about Doodle? But Or someone's going, Doodle? I yes. do that all the time when I'm talking to somebody. <laughs> like, there's so, I don't think we've ever had uh, an age, a historical age of the Christian church where there have been more resources. Yes. We're talking access to God's word. I mean, just the version app alone, what Life Church has done with that app, just one resource of getting God's word out literally to over a billion people mm -hmm. in so many different languages and translations just on their phones. It's amazing in the technology age, not just the tech resources, but also the relational resources. There's so much out there. And the relational resources is a big part of what the Northeast Collaborative is all about. Absolutely. And so in this podcast, as we, uh, we're going to try to roll out one every month, mm -hmm. and then we might do it more frequently as we move forward. But we're going to try to make connections with churches, healthy churches that are doing a great job in different areas of ministry and just have them share about what they're learning and their journey. Mm -hmm. We're going to connect with leaders that can help you and your church get healthier. We're going to connect you with resources and all kinds of great stuff. So you're saying that there are people out there who could, if uh, a pastor is listening and goes, you know, I, I need somebody that's stepped through this already. There are people out there that are willing to help them. Well, exactly. And that's what we've been working on with the team formulation. We've got a lot of great teammates. And if you go to our website, necollaborative.com, mm -hmm. you'll see a lot of great resources, not just in terms of opportunities for digital resources or other things. And we are working on that too, where we want to create a central digital uh, resource hub mm -hmm. for a lot of different categories, kind of like right now media is for teaching and theology. Sure. Mm -hmm. We want to do that for best practice documents mm. and make that available for NEC member churches and so best practice documents yeah so basically uh, in the church there's a lot of different ministries there's counseling there's weddings and funerals there's preaching there's discipleship evangelism all these things and so many different people are learning things and they're putting it down on paper mm. but it's not shared or it's not accessible and we want to centralize that for NEC member churches and their their leaders, their pastors, so that together we can multiply more healthy churches and make the established churches that we're serving as healthy as they can be. Mm. You mean we didn't learn that all in seminary? 
<laughs> I'm very thankful for my time in seminary, yeah. but the truth is seminary can only go so far. Right. And experience is such a key factor yeah. in getting your hands messy and dirty and getting out of the classroom as valuable as the classroom is, mm-hmm. uh, getting out there and doing it. And so we're going to connect churches and leaders with other churches and leaders who are getting the job done and try to bring our strengths to the table and address our weaknesses in a community where we have the same target. So we want to have that shared definition of church health. We want to have the same goal and not make unity the goal, mm-hmm. but make Jesus, Jesus and healthy churches the goal. And then the byproduct, guess what it's going to be? Unity. Be unity. Absolutely. Now, my dad was a pastor and he said one of the things that was sorely lacking, and, and I don't know that there's a really good way to address it because one of, it's one of those things that you just learn as a part of being in a church or he said, how to conduct a board meeting, you know, right. That wasn't something he learned in seminary. He came in and whatever church he went into, they already had established the way they did it. Maybe it wasn't even biblical, right? The way they did it. Right. Uh, And so we want to put that biblical foundation. In fact, that is one of the key things that is mentioned. If you look at the documents on the website, on the NEC collaborative website, uh, is that you're going to see that it's biblical. Right. Yeah. And we, and we have a lot of things that we've learned, but we haven't necessarily shared them with the people who are asking those same types of questions. So I remember meeting with a pastor one time and he was asking those same questions, board leadership, you know, that kind of stuff. And I said, oh, there's this great book. It's called Sticky Teams mm-hmm. written by Larry Osborne. He's like, oh man, I haven't read it. Right. Boom. Right there. Those types of connections can be so valuable so that our leadership improves, so mm-hmm. that our churches can get healthier. And in a lot of different areas, what, what's missing is not the resources and not the needs, but the connection. connection. And so the Northeast Collaborative is about making that connection. Now, you speak uh, from a voice of experience. You have done the church plant uh, and you worked with someone who guided you along in that path. Oh, lots of people. I mean, without collaboration, our church plant would not be healthy. Our church plant wouldn't even exist. Mm. The only reason that I'm still in ministry today is because of the power of collaboration, because I think that's how God designed it. Right. So, yeah, I moved out from the Midwest to the Northeast uh, back in 2006, and I was a college freshman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Went to a Bible college, actually, and... Right. I actually went hating the local church. Mm. Oddly enough, I went to a Bible college hating the church because I went through some really bad experiences. And Your dad a pastor? My dad is a pastor. And the great thing about being a pastor's kid was that my dad modeled a very real, genuine faith. He's like the godliest man I know. Amen. Same Same experience here. Yeah. Yeah. You've had that as well. My mom is the godliest woman I know. Seriously, they're incredible. Mm Mm-hmm. But the, the downside was I could tell you so, stories that would make soap operas look tame. Seriously, like some Same of the stories, I'm sure you could too. So I came thinking the church was a joke, but I got plugged into a healthy church where lives were being changed. Right. I started diving into Acts and seeing what God's vision is for his church. Mm-hmm. And then we moved to inner city Wilkesbury, and we moved into a neighborhood literally with two Megan's Law sex offenders, a Wiccan witch, mm. a heroin dealer, a woman who was sex trafficked in Miami. And we just started building relationships, inviting them into our home. And now years later, we've had 115 people go public with their faith in baptism. God's changing lives. The church has gone from four people to hundreds of people. And it's not about us. It's not that we figured it out. It's mm-hmm. that God, I think, is so, so ready. He is so, he wants us 
to just come to the table and say, God, use me. Right. Help help me know what you want, but we got to do it in community. We mm. can't do it in isolation. Community is so important. Uh, in fact, the scripture talks a lot about community. The book of Acts is all about community. Interesting thing about the book of Acts is they didn't get it right every time either. <laughs> Wait, you mean the early church wasn't jacked up, messed up, and had a lot of issues? Absolutely was. And they, the nice thing about it, though, Dan, is they documented it. And it helps us, and it should help us, to be encouraged to know, as I said as we started this, that this is a continuing process. The Scripture says Mm. that we are to occupy until he comes. And occupation does not just mean sit here and twiddle our thumbs until he comes. (laughs) An occupation, there's stuff being done. Yeah, and God is doing amazing things right here in the Northeast, but Mm. a lot of times we don't see it, we don't feel it. And I got, it's so funny sometimes because we talk about that. Oh, we've just got to get back to the early church. Uh, <laughs> have you read some of Paul's letters recently? Yeah. I mean, do we really want to go back to Ananias <laughs> and Sapphira? Right. I mean, ever since the early church was birthed, there were issues, yeah. there were problems. So we're called to be faithful. And that's really what the Northeast Collaborative is about uh, being as healthy as we can be as local churches, as mm-hmm. pastors, as ministers of the gospel. And then trying to multiply that out in an area that desperately needs the hope of Jesus. So the podcast is going to be a way to introduce people to the resources that are available through the Northeast Collaborative. Yeah, and we're so excited because God keeps bringing different leaders, different resources, and it's amazing. I I think what God is going to do in this, we don't even know. Mm. Like in Ephesians where he says immeasurably more than we could ever ask or think. Like right now... It looks really, really small. Like if I just look at it from a human lens, I'm going, God, like, can you really use this? Mm. And I felt the same way with Restored Church. Right. It was four of us in our young 20s living in a, a totally random neighborhood. Inexperienced, right? <laughs> we knew nothing. Dude. Right. The only thing we knew was that we really loved Jesus and we wanted other people to know him as well. Mm. And then God brought the collaborative resourcing that we needed the mentors the coaches the 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 teammates the churches and it was amazing how even now as i see restored continue on because i i passed the leadership baton on to tim Mm -hmm. a couple years ago and it's amazing to see restored continue to live that value of collaboration out where they're investing in other churches and even a new one downtown in wilkesbury that's completely not connected to our circles or even our particular local church if i'm around in 40 years uh, i look forward to seeing the people that come out of restored church who will be in leadership in other churches who will have planted churches Mm. in this area I, i know that we're coming up on the 40th anniversary of the church that my dad planted 40 years ago that's so cool and i look around at churches now and i can name just off the top of my head six or seven leaders in different churches that have come out of my dad's ministry that is so cool it is amazing and this is what we're intended to do as believers and as churches is to duplicate and disciple and that's what you guys have have modeled at WRGN too. As this ministry has continued for thirty five years, mm-hmm. you guys have been dot connectors, mm-hmm. and it's been amazing to see the lives that are changed from that, and also the relationships that have gotten healthier, and the different ways that you're able to bring different types of people together. And that's why I'm so excited that you are willing to to get behind this and to help us get the podcast going. Because a, you're really good behind a microphone; <laughs> it is awesome. And then number two, just to let people know 
what's out there and how they can connect through this new Northeast Collaborative. So who are the dots that are going to be connected or who are some of the, the, the connections that can be made through the Northeast Collaborative? Yeah, well, we've got consultants, coaches. Um, Dr. Howard Bixby has a ministry where he goes into churches that either may be struggling or maybe even doing well, but they want to go to the next level. Mm-hmm. And he does full consultations. Uh, our directional team is Justin Bluer and Tim Walker. And we're hopefully adding a couple more of r- these regional hub churches that are really healthy and they have that kingdom mindset in a specific geographical area mm-hmm. and uh, Justin is one of the pastors at Berean Bible Church in the Binghamton area Tim's the lead pastor at Restored uh, we've got Dr. Ken Davis who led a former ministry called Project Jerusalem uh, for 20 years that and was about church planting that was it was a ministry of Baptist Bible Seminary and the Northeast Collaborative is uh, going to be on its own not under CSU's umbrella and CSU is Clark Summit University mm-hmm. the seminary uh, had that ministry that Dr. Davis led for 20 years and 10 churches were birthed in the Northeast through that ministry. That's fantastic. Restored was one of those churches. Mm -hmm. And so Ken kind of talked to me and said, hey, Dan, um, I'm going to be passing the baton on to someone. What about you? And we started dialoguing about that. And Mm so uh, we're actually formulating this new Northeast collaborative differently. It's going to hopefully take things to the next level, but Dr. Davis is still going to be a part of that as a consultant and strategist. Because the uh, Project Jerusalem was about church planting. Right. Uh, this goes a little beyond that, doesn't it? Right. We don't just want to start new churches, although that's our, we call that the driver's seat. Like our driver's seat focus is to multiply healthy churches out of a collaborative network of healthy churches. Mm-hmm. But we also want to help establish churches get healthier, and we want to do both. So church health is in the passenger seat, and church planning is in the driver's seat for mm, us. That's super. We've got Matt Hoskinson, who's a, uh, a certified coach with Redeemer City to City. It's uh, Tim Keller's ministry. Dr. Don McCall is a church consultant, and he's done a lot of awesome interim ministry in, in churches. Wayne Morgan is a youth ministry consultant. We've got Jamie Overholzer and Ben Rudolph as soul care coaches. And one of the neat thing is every member church of the Northeast Collaborative, the lead pastors all agree to meet with a soul care coach every quarter. Mm. So four times a year, they're sitting down with someone, a mentor, someone who's very wise and cares about their soul Mm. and is going to ask them the tough questions about life and ministry beyond, well, life and beyond just the ministry framework, but about the deeper things going on in their marriage and in their personal life. And we're going to do a podcast coming up on specifically on soul care. Oh yeah, it's going to be a great one. Uh, That is so crucial because there is a lot, both physically and spiritually, that is going on warfare-wise in the leaders in the Northeast. Oh, there's a ton. And I don't think that if we are not aware of it, man... Well, there's awareness, and then there's also people that can kind of help guide you to a place of health. Right. And so Satan, I mean, his primary strategy is to divide and conquer from within. And if he can even do it inside our own souls, our own hearts, mm. and we're so prone to run from God, yeah. <laughs> it's even those of us who are pastors and ministry leaders, we are tempted just like everyone. So yeah, there's there's a lot more where that came from. I, I didn't get to list everyone, but sure. God has brought such an incredible team. We also have Marissa and Brittany helping us with logistical things and administrative things um, as staff. And it's just so cool to see what God's doing. And so we want to reach out to uh, healthy churches, to other pastors, and even to some churches and and places that say, you know what, we want to get behind this because we want to see the gospel advance, particularly 
in these nine states of the Northeast because it's not like the gospel isn't needed out west or down south or in the Midwest. Right. But the Northeast corner of America is, uh, and it's documented, the mm-hmm. most unchurched, unreached corner of our nation. It, it is, a, again, going back to that, so amazing to me that this is, was the foundation of our country. And, and you know, religious freedom was a big part of it. Mm. But with that freedom, sometimes comes the, the, the wandering, as you just mentioned. And we've seen it. I mean, yeah. we've seen a lot of wandering. Uh, two questions that raise in my mind as you talked there, uh, and I don't know the answer to one of them, is funding. Do you, is there funding for this, or does it cost a church that wants to get involved in this? Well, uh, first of all, we are a completely by faith uh, supported ministry. Okay. So one of the great things is my wife and I are actually missionaries with a, another agency called ABWE based mm-hmm. out of Harrisburg, but we're missionaries and catalysts specifically to Northeast America. So we are supported by over a hundred individuals, families, churches, and God's provided that. So that's a pretty cool thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, as far as the operations, uh, we're definitely a low budget thing. So our needs are not are not that great yet, Okay, but we would love to see that expand. So if anyone is interested in partnering with us financially, that would be great. Mm-hmm. The member churches that are going to be a part of it uh, and join the team, each church is going to determine what they can give, but every member will give something. Okay. So just like at our church at Restored, every member of Restored Church, in a calendar year, they commit to give something financially. Okay. We don't say a percentage or an amount, obviously, mm-hmm. but we say, you know what, since you're a member and you're, you're all in, we want that to be with your time, talent, and treasure. And so every member gives something. Same with the Northeast Collaborative. Every member church will give something in a calendar year. Okay. So what about a church who's coming in and they're saying, look, we need help. You know, we need to, is there a process they need to go through to be a part of that? Yeah. So if you go to our website, necollaborative.com, you'll see four different partnerships. There's resourcing partners, which is what I just described. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's also the resourcing, not just of funding, but of people. You know, if you have a a church planter or a church revitalizer, um, someone who's going to go into a church that's struggling and wants to come back to health, a church planter is someone who's going to start a a A new new church. church. But if you have people, you have missions teams, uh, that there's more with resourcing that than just the funding. Uh, so then re- you've got the resourcing partners, then you've got the revitalizing, you were starting to say. Yeah, the revitalizing partners are churches. Every year, we're going to pick one church that will spend 12 months investing funds, time, coaching, resourcing into, and and not claim that it's going to come to full health in 12 months, right? but try to get them on the right trajectory. Okay. And they're going to go through a process of consultation. And basically our directional team will hear back from the consultants. And if we have a lot of different applicants, we'll receive those uh, results of the consultations mm-hmm. and, and pick one per year to pour into. Obviously, because you mentioned it's limited resources as far as the NEC is concerned, you can't just take every comer. No, we won't be able to do that. Right. But we figure we'll pour into one revitalization and then when it comes to planting, we're going to try to pour into one church plant next year. And then hopefully in 2021, add another one. Next year, add one more. Multiplication. And well, so we're going to try to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at that point, it's addition. But what we're hoping is as we add member churches and as the opportunities come for either new church plants or revitalizations, that will be realistic, but also expectant for God to do big things. So Amen. right now, we're throwing numbers at the wall and we're saying this is what we're planning on. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, it's in God's hands of what we're able to do. One of the cool things is 
we have an event every year called the Northeast Leadership Summit. Mm-hmm. And last year, we had way more people come out than we thought. Yeah. This next year, we're going to be at a new venue, Berean Bible Church. It's going to be May 2nd, and it's going to be a whole day where you can bring your team and all of the profits from this conference are going to be poured back into the new church plant that we mm. pick and the church revitalization that we pick. Super. So it's reinvesting basically in the business, so to speak. Uh, but that is fantastic. Now, I did not make it to the first one. I'm going to make it to the God second will forgive one. you for that, Sam. Yeah. It's cool. I, God will I, forgive you. I very He's much. He's a loving, love merciful God. So it, it's cool. You know, it's, you. it's not like I'm bitter or anything. I know. I know. <laughs> I had a personal invite from Dan and could not make it this year, but uh, I do want to go next year. But uh, I heard such good things from people who went. Oh, we were so excited. And what's unique about it, again, that that question, why another conference? Right. <laughs> uh, we've actually built processing time mm-hmm. into the schedule of the day itself. Mm-hmm. So instead of processing long after it's done, you can bring your team and after each main session, boom, Instant. 45 minutes to process with the team that you bring. And the whole mission for it is developing disciples in their next steps of effectiveness for Jesus. Mm. And last year, God brought way more than we expected. This next year, we're hoping for between 300 to 500. And again, all the profits, not only will it be beneficial for you, you get breakfast and lunch. Uh, the price is going to be really affordable. Yeah, reasonable. And it's going to be great, but we're going to raise that money. But man, it's going to be valuable for your team. It's going to be valuable for you to get healthier as a church. Yeah. And not to get too far into that, but... This is a crucial team event. Don't just say, oh, well, I'm the pastor, I'm going to go. If you've got a leadership board or something like that, this is when you want to get them together on the same page. You can move forward so much better when we're all on the same page, and that's a part of what Northeast Collaborative is doing. And, and ministry leaders, you know, mm-hmm. people who are leading different ministries, it doesn't have to be your top tier, like, like your elder board. Okay. Your, it ha- it, it's for disciples. So with that mission statement of developing disciples, mm-hmm. we want it to be for, for everyone that's involved in ministry leadership at any level. Mm-hmm. And what's cool is we're going to talk about navigating change. Mm. navigating change is going to be the theme. And then all the workshops are going to be uh, about change in different areas of life and ministry Mm -hmm. for disciples that want to take those next steps. Oh, that is great. Well, as you were talking about the resourcing partners, the revitalizing partners, and then the revitalizing partners, I guess, will eventually become reproducing partners. That's the hope. The hope that, I mean, revitalization takes years. It takes a long time. So we're not saying that in 12 months again, <laughs> it's just going to happen overnight, right. but we want to get churches on the right trajectory because I think sometimes in church planting circles, like where I've run for many years, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like, let's just ditch the established church. Let's go start new ones. But you know what's so fascinating? Restored Church is seven years old now. Mm-hmm. Guess what? You're it's an not a church, church. plant. That's it's an right. established church. And guess what's true of Restored? Mm. We have all the same problems yep. as all the other established churches. Right. And even though we did everything we could to put in the right DNA, we didn't do it perfect. And mm-hmm. we no church is perfect. No, because we're made up of people. <laughs> <laughs> and people aren't perfect. Look, families aren't perfect. Exactly. This is this is I, I was talking to my daughter about this as you know, we we're talking about the local church and talking about the challenges that the local church faces. And I said, look at our own family. I said, we've got the black sheep of the family. We've got the, you know, we all have that. Right. And we don't go to our family, oh, you're done. I'm done with you. I'm not well, I'm, unfortunately, some people do. And so, sometimes that does happen. And and what's really sad is when we do that to the bride of Christ, because mm. what I was doing when I was a college freshman, I didn't know it. But what I had done 
was what Jesus will not do. Jesus will never divorce the church. Mm. No matter how ugly the bride is. <laughs> and sometimes she can be really ugly. Yeah. But you know what? He'll never divorce her. He That's continues good, yeah. to pour out. And that is what we want to do as a collaborative, having a, sh- a shared goal of where we're heading and together being as healthy as we can be for the sake of the good news of Jesus Christ. Mm, 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 mm. That is so good. There is so much more to cover, but we don't have to cover it all today. (laughs) All right, we won't cover it all today. And we won't. Uh, But, I mean, we are just, we're so blessed to have such a great group of partners, people that are going to come alongside, and we want you to be a part of the Northeast Collaborative as well. Uh, Start by listening to the podcasts. Yeah, because absolutely. there's the great information that is there. It's going to help you in getting to know where to get plugged in and the opportunities that are out there. We thank you for all that you are doing, Dan, and the Northeast Collaborative to make dents in the darkness of Northeast America. If you're listening, we'd love for you to share this podcast with your friends. Tell people, hey, you got to tune in. You got to hear about this, especially if you know a pastor or a group of people that are having a hard time in their church. Check out the website, necollaborative.com. That's necollaborative.com. Man, a great time with you today, Dan. Hey, hope you have a great week.